Are you a racist because you want manufacturing in the United States and not in China? Well, apparently the Cato Institute thinks so. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But I want to also remind you that America Fest is coming December 17th to 20th, Phoenix, Arizona. Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon, myself. Make sure you go there. Amfest.com. Promo code POSO. 25% off. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top headlines. The Cato Institute has come out with a speaker saying that domestic manufacturing is a racist fetish. Okay. Next, never Trump Senator Ben Sasse has abruptly resigned. He's leaving the state going for Florida. Third, New York State judge has struck down Governor Hochul's Second Amendment violating law, thank God. And finally, David Dorn's murderer has been sentenced to life in prison. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. The fetish for manufacturing is part of the general fetish for keeping white males of low education. Um, outside the cities in the powerful positions they're in in the U.S. And um, that is really what's going on here. But when I look at the so-called costs of the China shock or the costs of the decline in manufacturing, I always think compared to what? For decades, there was enormous displacement of African-Americans in this economy. Every time there was a recession, African-American unemployment rates shot up much faster and higher than white unemployment rates. Single women were methodically excluded from the workforce, and especially if they became parents, or ghettoed in particular sets of jobs. And these kinds of churn, as the economists put it, never were decried. They never got political attention. They never got much notice. But when it started being the white male manufacturing people in the so-called heartland, which by definition was not urban, um, then suddenly this was a crisis. So listen to this guy. It's very clear what's going on here. They hate you. They want you and your family to suffer so that they can get richer and richer and richer. And you notice that he's the one that makes this about race. He specifically says white working class males, white working class men. Why is it that this has anything to do with that? Why is it that this guy, what's his name? Poser? His name's Poser? <laughs> Adam Poser. Okay. Speaking at the Cato Institute, and nobody up there goes, gets up to debate him. And if someone can find me a longer clip, by the way, and someone comes up and says, hey, actually, you know, we did strenuously disagree with this guy. All right, fine. But he feels perfectly comfortable with speaking this way about a group of people in this country that works hard, that loves their families, that just wants a better life for themselves and their children. And by the way, the decline of manufacturing, that's not rural, you idiot. He's not even telling the truth, by the way. You think Detroit is a rural area? Numbskull? No, it's not. These are cities. You think Pittsburgh is a rural area? No, it's not. There's a reason they call it the Rust Belt, dummy, because 
That's the cities that are now rusted out where we used to have steel, where we used to have manufacturing in the United States of America. But I want to be very clear about this because this guy's not hiding it. He's not lying. This isn't the Great Reset. This isn't some conspiracy. You know, this isn't something you're talking about behind closed doors. He's in your face. He's telling you what he's doing. You are the target. You. You will become poor. You will not be able to generate wealth formation. You will not be able to own a home. Your wages will go down because I guarantee you the same guy, Adam Poser, also says for various other reasons that we should have mass immigration spilling across our border, creating a deflationary spiral of low wages because that will constantly keep your wages low if you always have that competition for low wage jobs. What does it mean? That means the working class is kept perpetually poor. It's by design. And then, oh, by the way, if your wages are low, you can't afford to buy a home. You're not buying a home, so you're not having kids. You're not having a lot of kids, certainly. You are kept in this spiral. All so that Adam Poser and the Adam Posers of the world can buy new yachts and buy new mansions and buy everything else that they want to buy. He says he's working with China. He knows he's working with China. They know everything. People say the experts, oh, the experts are wrong. The experts are wrong. The experts are wrong. No, the experts weren't wrong. The experts lied. There's a big difference. There's a big, big difference between the experts being wrong and the experts knowing exactly what they were doing all along. And so people like Adam Poser here, pretending to be woke. I love how he tries to be all woke about it. He say, wow, think about the, the, the black men and the, and the women. Shut up. Shut up. These people, first of all, do you think the only people in this country that are working class are white? This is not even true. Obviously not true. Those jobs would be available to everyone, anybody who wanted to work. So that's black families, that's Hispanic families. And I'll tell you something right now, those are the exact type of people that are now looking at the conservatives and the new right and saying, you know what? These guys actually seem like they care. Those guys don't. I'll tell you right now, the way that my family buys our meat, our burgers, our steaks, it's through Good Ranchers. It's amazing. It's so easy because Good Ranchers is 100% American meat and they deliver it straight to my door, the Poso door, for a great price. Good Ranchers solves all those, all the guesswork. It gets it right out. Good Ranchers has your beef, chicken, seafood, 100% American meat sourced from local American farms. Prime and upper choice, the highest quality possible. They've got ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, so much more. Signature steak burgers, Wagyu burgers, packed full of flavor, pre-trimmed, pre-marinated chicken breasts. So delicious. This is steak house quality, folks. So go to GoodRanchers.com slash Poso. Remember, GoodRanchers.com slash Poso. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. When you order at GoodRanchers.com slash Poso, 30%, $30 off and a free express shipping. Link in the description. 
way he kisses dictators' butts. I mean, the way he um, ignores that the Uyghurs are in literal concentration camps in Xinjiang right now. He hasn't lifted a, a finger on behalf of the Hong Kongers. I mean, he and I have a very different foreign policy. It isn't just that he fails to lead our allies. It's that we, the United States now regularly sells out our allies under his leadership. The way he treats women and spends like a, a drunken sailor, the ways I criticize President Obama for that kind of spending, I criticize President Trump for as well. He mocks um, evangelicals behind closed doors. His, his family has treated the presidency like a business opportunity. He's flirted with white supremacists. This absolutely insane individual, and I don't have to call him senator anymore because he ain't one, Ben Sasse has resigned, and I'm going to say the word that the media won't. He's resigned in disgrace. He resigned. What kind of a man resigns halfway through a term after you've raised up your hand and you said that you were going to represent the people of your state, in this case, the state of Nebraska, halfway through your term, you leave. Why did you even run, Ben Sassy? Why did you even bother? You fled the state too, by the way. This is another guy who comes out of the same camp, super never Trump, by the way, but the same camp as Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney. Paul Ryan. Here's a little story about Paul Ryan that I don't think people realize this. Do you know what district Paul Ryan represented for 20 years in Congress? It was Wisconsin one. What town was in that district? Any guesses? Send us your guesses at liberty at tpoza.com. He represented Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kenosha, Wisconsin which was burning for three days and three nights before Kyle Rittenhouse entered the scene. That was Paul Ryan's district. He didn't care about those people. He left them in the dirt. He left them in his wake. He left them and he moved on. And that's exactly what Ben Sasse is doing now. You know, Ben Sasse, I actually have a little bit of a story with him because I, I a couple of years ago, happened to run into him on the Hill and I said, I said, oh, Senator, um, you know, hey, uh, you know, big fan, blah, blah, blah. Would you, uh, you know, would you like to take a, a photo or take a selfie or something? He said, hey, yeah, sure, sure. What's your name? So I was Jack Posobiec. He goes, oh, I know you. I know you. I don't like you. You're bad. You're a bad person. You're bad for democracy. He actually said that to me. So Ben Sassy said I was bad for democracy. And then he ran, literally ran away across the street. We're, we were basically like an intersection. Ran across the street. And then went in to vote at some hearing. And I'm sitting there going, dude, it was it was just a picture. Like, would it would have been funny? That's really all, you know, I, I, I was very polite to you. This guy is a man child. And you've seen so many of these people doing this for years in a conservative movement. They say they're going to run. They say they're going to get elected. They say they're going to do anything. What did he do while he was in Senate? Ben Sasse, for the rest of his life, will now be known that the only thing that he used his Senate seat for was to enrich himself and to further his own career. He wrote two books while he was in there. Couldn't even serve two terms, but he wrote two books. And he went on two full nationwide book tours with them. This is a guy who has been part of that Never Trump movement, and it exposes how shallow they are. It exposes how elitist they are, how little they actually care about you. Now, I spoke to some Nevada insiders, or excuse me, Nebraska insiders about this last night. 
And I said, okay, what do you think is going to happen then? So halfway through the term, Governor Ricketts is on his way out. He's term limited, but there's a guy named Pillen who's on his way in that was Ricketts endorsed candidate going through the primary. He looks like he's going to win. So what's going to happen? Is Ricketts going to make the choice or will they wait? And will it be Pillen who makes the choice? Because now you appoint someone for the next two, basically two and a half years. What they said to me is all the money is on the idea that Ricketts will serve out his term. Pillen wins. Then Pillen becomes governor and appoints Ricketts to the Senate seat. Nice work if you can get it. You know the Ricketts family, TD Ameritrade money, owners of the Chicago Cubs, big, big money. What can I say, folks? It's a big club and you are not in it. But people like Ben Sassy, they're in it and they go off to college, they go off to be some professor and they never actually cared about you. Today, the Supreme Court struck down a New York law that limits who can carry concealed weapons. Does everyone understand what a concealed weapon means? That you have no forewarning, that someone can hide a weapon on them and go into our subways, go into our grocery stores, like stores up in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from, go into a school in Parkland or Uvalde. This decision isn't just reckless, it's reprehensible. It's not what New Yorkers want. And we should have the right of determination of what we want to do in terms of our gun laws in our state. If the federal government will not have sweeping laws to protect us, then our states and our governors have a moral responsibility to do what we can and have laws that protect our citizens because of what is going on, the insanity of the gun culture that has now possessed everyone all the way up to even to the Supreme Court. You know, it's kind of amazing that an unelected governor wants to talk about what the people of New York want, because how many people actually voted for Kathy Hochul? Oh, that's right. No one, because you weren't elected, right? You were appointed. You were selected as governor. You probably one of the people, by the way, who pushed out your former governor. But of course, we don't talk about that. But here's the issue. Here's what Kathy Hochul won't tell you. She won't tell you this simple fact. She's the one who's calling for the government to emplace more restrictions on the freedoms of people. Here's what the judge wrote. The judge wrote Judge Glenn T. Studeby, who, by the way, is himself a New Yorker. He wrote, we are creating the sensitive list, et cetera, et cetera, default rule. The judge's ruling is simply this. The people of New York have the ability to defend themselves and they don't have to go to the likes of Kathy Hochul to have to prove it. You have an inherent right to self-defense and you have an inherent right that doesn't come from government. Okay. We're going back to one-on-one here. It doesn't come from the government. You have a right that's given to you by God. Our founding fathers called these natural rights. And the idea was that government existed in order to preserve and protect your natural rights. One of those, obviously, the right to defend yourself against bodily harm, against theft, or to defend your family or defend others. The right to own a gun is not the right to kill people. It's the right of self-defense. And it's actually the inverse of the right to life. So if you're a pro-lifer, that means you want to defend life, right? 
Well, so the right to self-defense is the action of the right to life. It is the inverse of the right to life because what you're doing is you're putting that into practice. You're actually saying now, I must take steps in order to defend that life or else you don't have it, right? You have no right to life whatsoever. It's, it's you know, something written on paper. It doesn't actually mean anything. It has no actionable use whatsoever. And this is what came up in the Kyle Rittenhouse case because you're seeing this now more and more throughout our government and throughout, even if you look at what the prosecutor, this guy Binger, was saying in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, coming up on the, about 11 months from the, you know, from when it actually happened, almost on the one year anniversary of this. And he was saying, but Kyle, didn't you say this? And didn't you say that? And Kyle, didn't you play Call of Duty? And didn't you do all of those things? And you hear her talking about this. You hear Hochul making and echoing many of those same arguments that were made by Thomas Binger in that case. What is this? Because they don't believe in the right to self-defense. They don't want you to be able to defend yourselves. They want you to be unarmed. They want you stripped of your guns. They would come if people like Kathy Hochul had full power, which is what they want, mark my words. They would come into your homes, take all of your guns and leave you defenseless and say, oh, don't worry, the police will get to that when they can. And so look at the state that she's governing right now. Look at New York City. You wanna talk about Buffalo? You wanna talk New York? You wanna talk who's making it unsafe? Right now, governor, unelected governor, it's not the concealed carry owners. It's not the NRA members. It's criminals. It's rank criminals throughout your state that you are not doing the right job of, of putting in jail. Whenever the shop's alarm would go off, the alarm company called Dave. He would investigate. If he got a call after I went to bed, he would wake me up and tell me he was going to lease just to make sure everything was all right. Most of the time, they were false alarms triggered by a storm or animals. The alarm that went off the morning of June 2nd was for real. It was a violent night in St. Louis. Four officers were shot. Others were hit with rocks and fireworks. After I'd gone to bed, David received a call from Lee's alarm company. The front door of the pawn shop had been breached. This time he didn't wake me up to tell me. As I slept, looters were ransacking the shop. They shot and killed David in cold blood. And then live streamed his execution and his last moments on earth. David's grandson was watching the video on Facebook in real time, not realizing he was watching his own grandfather dying on the sidewalk. So that was Andorn telling the story and he was murdered on June 2nd, 2020. Retired police captain in St. Louis. The man who shot him was named Stephen Cannon out of Missouri. He was arrested. He's been convicted. And as of today, we can say that he was given life in prison. And the prosecutors made a point to say that that was the maximum allowable punishment by law. I'm going to say something right now. 
It's a lot better than he deserves. It's a lot better than this scumbag deserves. He went in there and shot David Dorn over a TV set. A TV set. This was a man who lived his entire life in terms of service. And when I started covering the story in 2020, I said, we got to do something for this family. So we launched a crowdfund and we were able to raise almost half a million dollars for David Dorn's family. Transferred it over. But it's never enough. It's, 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 it's meaningless compared to actually having someone there. Someone who, and every person I talk to, because I talk to other police officers, folks who knew him, folks who served with him, everybody loved David. They said he was a leader. In fact, they even said that he tried to do everything he could, that when he met people in his community, that he would try to help them, that he would try to get them off the streets. Volunteering, being a community leader, even helped get people into the police force to be able to give back to their communities. That's the kind of man David Dorn was. That's the kind of American that we should be doing everything we can to support. But instead in this country, we decide to demonize our police officers and allow criminals to brutalize them. And so while this guy is going to life for prison, which is far, far better than he ever deserved and far, far more than he ever gave to David Dorn that night, we need to take a strong look at ourselves and decide what kind of society do we want to be? How do we want to treat our public servants? How do we want to show respect to people who put their lives on the line for us? And that's all the time we have tonight here at Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normally friends, and then leave us your five-star review. Seriously, guys, leave us the review. It helps us with the ratings. It helps with a lot of stuff. Go in your app, boom, rating. And then give us your five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get it. What do we talk about today? The Cato Institute saying that domestic manufacturing is a racist fetish for white males. A never-Trump senator named Ben Sasse has abruptly resigned. A New York judge striking down Governor Hochul's Second Amendment, which violated the law. And finally, David Dorn's murderer, sentenced to life in prison far, far more than he deserves. Now, I want to remind you guys that we've got a bunch of specials going on this weekend. We are launching today. Border Battle at Salem Now. Go to Salem Now. Check out Border Battle, the latest TPUSA docuseries. It's a six-part series, and episode one just dropped on Salem Now. Also, this Sunday, right here on RAV, we're going to have the Sunday special showdown. Myself, Sheriff Mark Lamb, Battle at the Border, talking all about what's going on at the border. So make sure you stay tuned for Sunday nights, right? It's going to be Sunday nights on RAV with Pozo. And this Sunday, we've got Sheriff Mark Lamb. He's going to be there. Also, I want to remind you that if you are watching us on RAB, go over, click the podcast app, go watch us on the podcast, subscribe to that. You'll never miss an episode. Or if you want to go back, there was an episode you missed. Boom, you hop in. And remember, the whole show, we're going to give you a day's worth of news in just 25 minutes because that's what we do here. What's today's history break? Today? 21 years ago, 
the United States invaded Afghanistan and declared war on the Taliban. How'd that work out? Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.